a current look at GPS and wayfinding resources. Jessica Hip is CEO of Way Around. I'm sorry I put GPS in the title because this really is probably not about GPS so much as about wayfinding. And our first speaker, Deb Cook, is going to just give us an introduction to some of the more common resources that are extremely valuable. Deb? Okay, so well, welcome, everybody. And uh, we are going to try to keep this brief. I think if this is a topic of interest, that we should set up another seminar time and actually do this in, in real good stead. So uh, Frank asked me to talk a little bit about um, uh, wayfinding uh, using just common apps that could be available on your phone. And so if you have a smartphone, either an iPhone or an Android phone, there are options for uh, wayfinding. Um, probably the most underdeveloped um, app right now for uh, that sort of thing would be an app called uh, Good Maps. And the history on Good Maps is that it is um, uh, basically, um, if any of you remember the Sendero, maps and the look around and, and some of those things, it's kind of got a connection to that. If you were a um, uh, an explorer, the online APH Explorer maps, um, it is also a sequel to that. So it kind of brings a lot of the um, mapping stuff together. Um, other popular apps that people are using on their iPhone would include um, uh, BlindSquare and Soundscape, and both of those um, are basically the get warmer kind of apps where you um, set a point and then you move toward it. One of the things that is um, very powerful in um, those two apps is their ability to work with commercial um, mapping systems like Google Maps and Apple Maps. So it's possible inside those apps to call another mapping program. Um, but the advantage of that is um, that you can have much much better um, map information. It used to be that all the mapping programs were able to use uh, Google Maps and then Google decided to make it very expensive and hard for non-Google products to use their mapping system. And so they have now gone to um, crowdsourced mapping systems like OpenStreetMaps, et cetera. And the, so the mapping reliability isn't what it was. And so I recommend that if you're going to use one of those particular apps, um, that you do that uh, in conjunction with one of the commercial apps, and they are made to do that. Um, several years ago at a, a WCB convention, we actually went out and had a wayfinding expedition at the hotel. So if that's something you'd like to do next year, I think it's about time we did it again. Yeah, it was it was actually a hoot, I have to say. Um, and um, thing, the products have changed a lot since then, but we did actually go out on a wayfinding expedition um, and, and it was pretty fun. So, so I have a question right here. Yeah. So is it a part of Google Maps or a part of BlindSquare that sure. you can do this virtual look around? So that would be part of the, of the blindness app. Um, so so um, both Soundscape and BlindSquare and actually good maps um offers offers the ability to do to do a virtual look around um and that can be very very handy and that virtual look around doesn't have to be where you are so it could be at another point and place in the world depending on the the maps you have 
Um, I have one really funny map story to tell you, and then I'm going to close my piece. Back in the day when we were first experimenting with uh, GPS, one of the vehicles to house your maps was the uh, Braille note. And um, that was a great way to do it because you could walk around, you'd have Braille if you were a Braille user. And if you were a speech user, you'd have speech. And it was in there in the, and you used a commercial satellite product. So, um, you know, that was all good. But you could only load one state in your Braille note at a time. And I live in, um, I live basically on the Washington-Idaho border at Lewiston-Clarkston. And when you drive from Spokane to Clarkston, you must enter Idaho if you want to drive in a relatively state line. And we were driving from Spokane and my husband was using his older Braille note with the maps in it. And all of a sudden it set, started announcing, you need to turn around. You need to turn around. You need to turn around. The map is ending. And we were coming onto the Lewiston grade. So we were in Idaho for three minutes <laughs> um, before we were back into Washington again. But it was the fun, you need to turn around. And it was funny because, you know, as you think about it, if you're using, G, you know, most maps these days will tell you, you know, repositioning or recalculating, but there was no hope. We were about to drive off the edge of the known world. We were going to drive into Idaho. So so mapping has changed a lot in the last few years, and it's a great deal. But um, anyway, that, I want to move on because we've got so many people and so little time. Okay. I heard that. Google Maps has got some new feature called accessible places. Mm -hmm. Do we know anything about that? It actually has seating for some restaurants and things in it. Um, so there are a number of apps that actually do that. And I don't know how well Google's um, Google's is rolling out as um, as actually kind of a, a prototype. And I, I do have it on my Android phone and I wanted to check it out while we're over here to see how well that's working. But I don't know where that data is coming from yet. So I don't know um, how well they're how well they're doing with it yet. So I can't comment on it completely just yet. I just installed it. So nearby Explorer, the advantage is I understand that you get more information about the intersections. So nearby Explorer is no longer supported at all. No, okay. Good maps now, right? It's good maps. And there's okay. two and there's good, two good maps yeah. apps, right? Right. One for outdoor and one for indoor navigation. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. You so definitely... the indoor navigation requires beacons and, and the yep. construct of beacon technology versus other technology is what Jessica's gonna talk to us about. But but um Good Maps does require the installation of beacons for their indoor navigation. And there are a number of test sites for that around the country, but it's not too common yet. Um, but they actually do a cool thing. They actually come and take a full photography yeah. of, of the space so that then they can map it against the, the entire um, photographic. You know, they're not just assuming it. Um, so it is it is when that gets better developed, that is going to be just amazing. Yeah, they, they, they come in with a, a big backpack and lots of cameras and they, they and they basically photograph and take every coordinates inch. of absolutely every everything, inch of it. every inch of it. So yeah. that then they can go back and plot it on a map and, right. and do all that kind of stuff. And and uh, it takes them all day to do a building. Mm -hmm. It's pretty extensive. Yeah, uh, but it is really cool technology. Yeah. yeah. When it works. Yeah. That's that's part of the problem. I I know that uh, we had a friend who was at the Seeing Eye, and the Seeing Eye in New Jersey is mapped uh, for this with indoor navigation, 
but it wasn't working. With with all of this technology, when it works, it's great. When it doesn't, a bit of a problem. Okay, I'd like to see say a few words about the Stella. This is a new device that's being introduced by HumanWare. Well, the last GPS, the last GPS uh, item that HumanWare released was a total failure. So <laughs> I am not ready to buy into this one yet. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I don't think we've gotten satisfactory information about it. And I don't know if Boundless would be the dealer, and I don't know if they have one over there in their exhibit. Um, but I would say definitely test drive it. It's pretty expensive. Yeah, it's 1500 I think. Right? Um, yeah, so... Yeah. We got um, a lot of the questions answered. You know, the battery life is like 15 hours or more, and the, the, yeah. the, we know what mapping they're using, but I don't remember what it is. It's not Google Maps. It's something else. I think it's... It, it, I'm not sure, but it, it might be like... Open street maps or something. Yeah. No. I don't think it is open no. street maps. Something else. Actually. It That's was someone I never heard of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So, but I, so I actually love the idea of having a dedicated GPS device again, because when I did and actually had a regular satellite receiver and it wasn't interfering with my phone and I really liked it. So I am completely into that concept. But I am not sure. I am the the jury's way out for me on the product. So we'll I think see. it's too early to tell. We need yeah. to get it out in the field. It's yeah. it's basically a fifteen hundred dollar handheld GPS device that right. you yep. carry around, but without Victor Reader capability. You know, right. reading just the GPS, right? yeah. GPS now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Any comments, Reggie? Hello. So happy to be here and get to hear Jeff, Deb, and the way around person and uh, a lot of knowledge. The uh, Stellar Trek, I have a bunch of answers directly from Rachel Feinberg at HumanWare, and I will pass those on to the list because we asked a lot of very specific questions. One of the best features in that device, I believe, is the OCR of things at a distance. It's got a couple cameras in it. One of them is like 13 megapixel, and it's supposed to be able to pick up uh, address numbers above if they're up above or over the door either way and they give you uh, techniques for scanning for those it's got voice recognition so you can actually speak the address into the device it is pretty new and there's going to be a lot of firmware updates to it or you know over a period of time they did say that it's important to use the wireless that's built into it before you go out so that it can download satellite data from like two or three days before. And it's got a, a dual receiver. So it will pick up the upper earth orbit satellites and the lower earth orbit L1 satellites. So there have been several new GPS systems that have come online in the last few years that, uh, help these things to be more accurate and not pick up so much false reflections from buildings when you're downtown in your car and you're driving around and it thinks that you're in the middle of a lake or something. <laughs> um, and I have definitely had that happen where it's taken me around in circles. And if I'm not in a hurry, I'll just let it drive me around in circles for about an hour or so, and, you know. But the, the new systems are supposed to be better and also give you a much higher resolution I had heard uh, originally that uh, the government didn't allow civilians to have nearly as good a resolution as military systems, and they've in increased that. They still won't let you know exactly what altitude you're at. 
the idea is to not have civilians be able to build their own guided missiles or something. And okay, well, hang on to the microphone, Reggie. Let's go on to Jeff, who's going to say a a words about door detection. Let's. I want to talk a little bit today before we get into uh, some of the topics. I want to. I want to talk a little, a, a little bit about the elephant in the room in reference to what do people need to buy for the most efficient experience for both wayfinding and GPS. You know, Apple releases a new phone every year, right? We have the 14 uh, Pro and Pro Pro Max and and uh, the regular 14s. And and the big question always seems to be, you know, they have better cameras, they have they have better GPS capabilities. Are these features going to really meet our needs in reference to enhancing the capabilities in our devices to be able to give us more capability? The, an- the answer is maybe, maybe, right? It's too, er- it's too early to tell. The features that, that we have in the iPhone today, specifically having to do with wayfinding and, and door detection and, and things of that nature, require LiDAR capability. And this is in the, the pro models of the iPhone. And of course, all the new phones have better cameras and you know, they work better in better light conditions and and uh, better focusing, you know, these types of things. The real question is, are apps like Seeing AI and others, and there's a plethora of them, I think I have, I don't know, 50 apps in my imaging folder. There's all kinds of apps out there that do these types of things. Are these apps going to just automatically work better because of the new hardware? And the answer is no. Because this is a hardware slash software combination problem, meaning that that there's new APIs and capabilities in the camera, but unless a developer takes advantage of those things, they're not going to get the new features that are actually exposed uh, in these new APIs. Just to make it really clear, if you're expecting, if you're going to go out and buy your new iPhone 14 Pro Max and just get this unbelievable better capability. Uh, don't be surprised if you do not see a, a, a big difference today. Now, will that change in three months or six months? We don't know. I, I don't work on that team at Microsoft and uh, I don't want to speak for them. I don't work on that on their products and I don't want to speak for other companies like Ira and, and other companies that are, that are in this space as well. But be rest assured that if the APIs exists, and they're open to developers, then you'll more than likely see them, at least one would hope that we will see them, especially in things like Ira. I know that in the past when when they uh, added the ability to be able to, to allow the cameras to see things at a wider angle, then that took a while to get exposed, but now that's there. So just be patient with that. So what's the biggest problem in, in reference to, to navigation? 40 feet to the door. Yeah, that exactly. It, it, it's so it's it's that last fifty feet, right? And what have we've done to solve that problem? What 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 do we do today to to sort of deal with that? Well, we we either talk to our Uber driver and hope that they can hey. you know talk to us enough that they can actually tell us where something is. That that's always interesting. Good and fun. luck when they look up. And good on luck the with that. The building. I, I I don't know about you, but sometimes that can be challenging. Other times you just have to use your mobility skills and, and hopefully tell your, your, if you have a uh, guide dog, tell your dog to go inside 
And hopefully they take you to the right door and not one that's locked, right? There's all kinds of things that happen here, right? There, there have been a number of, of, of uh, in, inventions, in, in, including Ira, and some of us had the older Ira glasses, which were simply amazing. And uh, now, there's, now, of course, there's Let's Envision, which uh, the, the glasses are still on sale if you don't know about them. They're the Envision glass. Yep, until Halloween, they're still on sale for uh, $2,295 through Ira. Yes, that's $2,295, by the way, not... Some people thought it was $23. Just letting people know, no, it's not $23. And 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 by the way, uh, I don't personally own them, but people are ranting and raving about these things. Um, and they work in amazing conditions. They'll work late at night when there's hardly any light. They'll work in really great light, lighting conditions. They'll read signs. Um, they're, they're, they're really, really, really great. Now, that that is a significant barrier to many. Um, if you have the funds to do it or can get access to those funds, it would be interesting to to be able to truly have that hands-free user experience of being able to just point your face toward what you think is a door or, or a sign and have it read to you. So that's the ideal. That's like, like the first-class citizen of the, the great ideal targeted traveling experience as far as you know finding doors, reading signs, traveling around, getting information in your environment. And all of this is all based on intelligent things in the cloud. They're 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 detecting imaging and they're sending that to the cloud, and then or or in some cases it's on device and and automatically translating that and and reading you information and and giving you information about text. But if you just have an iPhone, what can you do? Well, you can go into this is a very strange place to put it. I think you can go into the magnifier app, and and this this one feature, people detection, has been around for a while, and this has been really helpful. In uh, this came out last year, and this has been helpful in in situations like if you're standing in line at an airport, and you're trying to get through line, whether you're checking in to to uh, check in your bags or you're going through security or whatever the case may be, it will tell you how far away a person is. And it gives you haptic feedback. So you can hold the phone in your hand and it will, you know, it will get quicker as you get closer to someone. So you can stay, you know, socially distant and it will tell you, you know, this person is four feet ahead of you and it will even tell you that they're wearing, you know, a beige sweater and uh, all kinds of interesting detail uh, about, about the person, which, which uh, you probably may not want to repeat out loud because it could be wrong. Then this year, a Apple has been traditionally releasing information about the new accessibility features uh, on Global Accessibility Awareness Day, which traditionally happens in May. And so we tend to get a sneak peek ahead of everybody else about what all the new accessibility features are that are coming, like the new Eloquence Voices and, and door detection. So when, when iOS 16 beta came out, I went ahead and put it on my phone and it truly works. Now there's some caveats to this and I'm gonna give you some pointers on how you should use this technology, but it basically works the same way. So you go into the magnifier app, you go into detection settings. It's on the main screen of the magnifier app. You may have to turn that on so that it's showing that feature as, as a default on the magnifier screen because you, you can tell it which settings to keep showing uh, for easy use. And uh, so you can turn on people detection, you can turn on image detection. So that will give you inf information about your environment. So for example, I turned it on and I pointed it out to the crowd and it told me that there were lots of people sitting in chairs and at tables. And it told me about dogs and leashes and it told me about Deb's sweater. 
and I won't I won't I won't comment on colors because you know and it it, it does that. Um, now door detection is very very interesting. You're getting, your mileage may vary here, but the rule of thumb basically here is that you want to hold your phone whether you're either standing in front of the door or you're walking by doors. So for example, if you're in a uh, you're in a business environment, you already went, entered the building, you're looking for a very specific office, you can hold the phone in in either your left or right hand. You want to you want to keep a little bit further away than arm's length if possible. Uh, that's always not possible in a hallway, but you want to stand a little bit further back and you want to walk slowly. Remember your camera is focusing on what it sees. And for those of you who have not dealt with cameras too much, remember that your, 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 your camera is like a human eye and that it has to focus. So what that basically means is, is that it's gonna see something, but it truly, you, you have to stay still a little bit for it to be able to truly capture and focus on the image that it, that it sees. So as you are walking very slowly, you can hold the phone up, and if there are signs on doors, uh, and for example, at Microsoft, for example, all of our doors have signs of the office number, and, and most of the offices have signs and telling you who is actually sitting in that office. So it will tell you that Jeff Bishop is in, you know, office 1425, whatever the office number is. And you can, and you can do this, and this works indoors, it works outdoors. It will tell you where the door handle is if it can. Some doors are, are shaped differently than others, um, but where it can, it will tell you which way the door opens in or out. It will, it will tell you uh, whether a store is open or closed based on the signs. Um, in, in fact, it will even go out and look up information if it can, if it needs to, but it's mainly gonna rely on the imaging that's on the door uh, to be able to actually give you that information. If you have an iPhone, then you really want to take a look at this feature. It's 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 really powerful. You want to do this in a controlled environment. Uh, remember that that these are tools. They are not meant to be used as your primary mobility tool. They're they're a piece of your tool belt. They're a piece of your technology that you want to try to use. Well, for for this feature, you need lidar capability. So you thing. need so you need a pro. And I think lidar started in the 11s, right? So you can do it on. 11, 12, 13, or 14. So anyone hit with a 10 or earlier, you know, you're not probably going to have that capability built in. I believe that um, we actually have one of these glasses. <laughs> no, Deb does. I don't have mine yet. Spent all of ACB um, <clears throat> prototyping them for myself. It made such a difference in the hotel running around. I was providing support in the various rooms for the breakouts and the rooms were all in a funny angles of each other and weirdness and everything. And it just was such a great thing. And one of the things that Jeff didn't mention that you can do um, with the Envision glasses, which is amazing, is you can actually create your own IRA. So um, oh, yes, you can. So if you don't have IRA or you don't want to use IRA for a particular task, you know, because for any numbers of reasons, um, if you have, they call them allies, but they're people that you pick that you've given access to your app who can look through your glasses. Wow. So these, yeah. these are people who are in your own world. And if you think about this, many of us have actually done this for years. I mean, my sister and I have done this with FaceTime and Zoom and different other apps all the time, you know, where I need her to look at something and she doesn't want to drive over. Yeah. And so she just looks into my camera and tells me about it. And, you know, we've got it. 
And so, um, so you can sign up as many people as you want to be your allies. And they sort of work like your own version of Be My Eyes, really, because they're not having the training of Ira or anything. But if, if it's somebody that's going to be helpful to you, um, I think that's just an amazing, amazing resource in addition to all the things that the Envision glasses do related, as Jeff said, to travel and, and to reading um, and to to other kinds of things. So uh, mine were supposed to be here by now, but there was a little waylay in the process. Um, they got stopped at some border, and um, so they're probably coming while I'm gone. So is this the kind of appliance that has a wire that goes down to something on your belt? Or? No, they yeah. are completely oh, wireless. If you wish to add wiring, there are some things you could do that would, um, but actually they themselves uh, do not do not require. You can use the – there are some functions you can do with no connection to anything at all. Um, but there are some functions and, of course, accessing IRA, if you wish to, um, those functions require you to uh, connect to a hotspot. But there's no uh, wiring. Required. All right. Please, oh. Jessica, tell us about WayRound. Thank you. Um, and, you know, a lot of the things that Jeff said, I, you know, we didn't talk beforehand, but Jeff, you set me up perfectly. So thank you. <laughs> so those of you who don't know Way Around, um, you may know us as a labeling system. We've been around for a few years where you can label things at your home and office, everything from clothing to we have someone who's labeled his cattle. So you really can label a lot of different things. And now we're also doing a similar thing, labeling public spaces. So where we are starting is with signage. So just like Jeff was talking about at Microsoft, they all have signs outside the door that says the room number. Um, it sounds like they have a little bit more information whose office it is, but those are required in the U.S. by federal law. And so you're probably, you know, you expect those to be there. They usually have the room number or name and some Braille. And so we're adding our way tags right beneath those signs is kind of a, a a base place to start. We can do a lot of other things, but that's really where we're working right now for way around for public spaces. And so if you think about a lot of these technologies that we've been talking about today, blind square, good maps, they're navigation, you know, getting from point A to point B. And way around comes in once you're at point B. So it's more orientation and confirmation. Are you where you think you are? And then what is that space like? And so anytime you scan one of those, we call them way signs, and they coordinate with the other building signage, you're going to be able to get the name of the room, um, a, a description of any features of note inside the room. It's especially important for things like restrooms. You know, is this one you need to lock the door when you go in because it's a single use or does it have a bunch of stalls? What's the layout? How does the hand dryer work? That type of thing. Um, and then you're also going to get uh, the directions to the nearest restroom and the directions to the nearest emergency exit. So wherever you are, if you needed that information quickly, you could scan any sign and figure out, you know, how to get to where you need to go. So um, a way around was started by a couple of architects. And so one thing that's come up a few times over the course of this conversation is, where does the data come from? I think, Deb, you brought that up, um, you know, with Google Maps. And with um, Way Around, the information comes from photographs and from human entry with that, you know, architectural mind looking at floor plans and how do we really describe things in a very um, 
you know, similar way. We have templates, we have standards of how we're describing things. So if you go to, you know, that um, Deb was just at the ACB Texas convention a couple of months ago, and we tagged that hotel. So if you go to the Hilton there, or if you go to, you know, another facility, maybe it's a municipal building, you're going to get the exact same type of information in the same order and in the same way. And because it is, um, it's all entered, you know, through our system, and we have ways of making that really easy to enter, um, you know that it's going to be accurate. We have photos, we have, you know, people actually looking at things because, you know, AI, um, even floor plans, sometimes things change from the drawing to how they're, act they're actually implemented. Um, so accuracy is really one of the most important things about way around. And we are, you know, not even just the last 50 feet, but the last few inches. Um, one of the things about the way around technology is we are using what's called NFC, near field communication. Oh. And that is, it's a very close range technology. So it's not using your camera or LIDAR or any of these that are really kind of reading the space and, and, the technology isn't looking at images and translating them. It's, you know, if you want that information, you need to seek it out. So you'll hold your device up um, to that, that sign. And at this point, about 85 to 90% of devices out there, you know, iPhone, Android, um, iPhone 7 and above have the technology. So it's been out there long enough. It's a very secure, very safe, very low battery technology and it's not a system that, you know, as you're walking down the hall, it's going to be telling you every single thing. There are times when that's great. And there are times when that could be totally overwhelming. So way around, if you want the information, you just hold your phone up to the sign. It gives you the information. But if it's a space you're familiar with and you don't need the information, then you don't have to get it. Um, so it's, it's both the accuracy and then it's on demand. So... Um, those are uh, some of the tenants that we're really implementing. There's just so many different technologies out there, you know, LiDAR, GPS, beacons, and a lot of them have different ranges. And NFC is really, you know, the, the closest range. If you've used NFC, you're probably used to it being about an inch. There are some newer NFC um, technologies that expand that range a little bit, you know, up to a few inches to even a, a couple of feet. So that range may be expanding, but again, even a beacon, you're looking at, you know, two to three meters probably of accuracy, which is pretty good. It's a lot closer than, you know, 50 feet away, but it's still, you know, within a three meter span, there could be several doors right in a row. And you want to know, is this, you know, the, the classroom or the janitor's closet, you know, or, you know, do I want to go in this door or the one right next to it? So I've got a question. What? So yeah. you have to, it would be nice, it would help you actually find the sign. But so, so now you found the sign. Is there a particular place on the sign we can look or do you have to look all over the sign for this NFC places? I mean, is yeah, some everything with way around is about standards. So it's going to be right below the sign. And right now it's its own sign. Um, some of them are about the a little bit bigger than a business card. Some of them are the entire width of the um, of the ADA sign. So those are usually about six inches wide. But it's, you know, it's a bigger surface area. If you've ever used the home and office product from way around, the tags are about the size of a quarter. You know, these are a minimum the size of a business card. So they're just a, a lot bigger. 
and they're made of the exact same material as the ADA signage. So it's that really smooth, you know, surface. Um, they're all high contrast. So you're going to be able to see them really easily. There's a technology called NaviLens, which I'm sure you're probably familiar with. Yeah. Um, which which uses a different type of technology and it's meant to be using it with your camera and you know, it's not an NFC based what's whatsoever. But I was just wondering if that's something that you've also looked at from the standpoint of, uh, you know, maybe targeting that type of user experience so that users don't necessarily have to be so close to the sign or, you know, being able to to read things from a further distant uh, type scenario, maybe with the way around app. Yeah, you know, Jeff, it's a great question. And I think, you know, can we read it from further away is one of the questions that we get most often. And there's a few different ways we're approaching that. You know, one is just looking at can the, you know, the existing NFC tags, can we make those a, a wider range read? And then the way that the back end of um, Way Around is set up is we could link with all sorts of other technologies, whether it's beacons or, um, you know, something like what Navalens is using, which is, you know, a kind of a form of a QR code. It's, it's more than that, but, you know, anything like that that's kind of a unique um, read that would give you information could be tied into the Way Around app. I went to Texas for the ACB of Texas convention as a presenter, and I got to see their system in action in the hotel. And um, it was really cool. If you imagine taking a standard sized way around tag and um, accessing every piece of information about the convention and the hotel on your phone simply by getting up near that tag, um, that was amazing. But then what was also amazing was walking around the hotel. And um, if you did uh, manage to get yourself close to the tags, and once you understood where they were, it got easier to do. One time I crashed into somebody else's phone trying to read one too. But <laughs> that's kind of fun. But the phones don't care. They they can do that. So anyway, um, you could get, you got information because of what they'd done. You got information about what was on the uh, tag where you were, but you also got orientation information about what was around you. And I discovered, not to anyone's big surprise, that there were some variances between the written hotel description we were handed and what was on those tags. And I will tell you, the tags are accurate. So anyway, we were we did not have enough time here to set up the same simulation. Too bad because this hotel would have been really easy to do, but we just, there was not time. So we we were not able to set that up for you, but I do have some tags that have the hotel in, um, in Austin that you can check out and um, experiment with uh, sort of navigating the app information that you would receive yes. from that kind of a um, experiment. And I have a few of the tags, and I, I will be happy to give them to people who have way around because you, you have to download the app. It's available in iPhone and Android. You can experiment with these and just uh, touch it to your phone and load the hotel in in about a second and, and then have a look around at the convention and where the rooms were and the descriptions of what was around them. And it's just kind of a fun experiment and a fun way to use the tags. So okay. when we break, um, I'll stay for just a moment or two. And if you would like one, you can come up to the front and um, uh, I'll be happy to give you one. And you can share it with someone else. So if you're here in a little team or squad, just take one yeah. and then we don't have enough for our probably let your day. let your cadre all all uh, try that.
So this is Everett in or from Spokane, and I was going to say that these way around tags are all different kinds of shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. And I believe if, um, that you can describe things like paintings and pictures in them too. You can put anything on the tag. Yeah. I actually use them. The apartment where I went, lived in St. Louis for a year was extremely non-ADA compliant. And I used them to label the, the number. So I had context for the apartments around me. You could label your hotel room door yes. if you didn't, if you're in a hotel that some of the, some of the labels were missing, which was also true. And there were no Boston. Braille numbers on these yeah. apartment doors. So that's just a thought is, you know, if you end up in the middle of nowhere at a non-ADA compliant apartment, you can use these to kind of give yourself the lay of the land with yep. something like Be My Eyes or a VRC. Uh, the question I have for you, you talked about the high contrast. That's, that doesn't do anything for me. But if I wanted to go and find out where uh, there might be properties who have these, like a hotel, do you maintain a list of that on your website so that folks can access and have that in planning a trip? Yeah, that's a really good question. So not yet. And the reason is, is we're just rolling this out this fall. Um, we have sites that we're working with right now to install. So once we have that pilot program a little bit more solidified to where there's sites that, you know, are fully installed, we will create that. Another thing that we're looking into is if you have the way around app is letting you opt in to some push notifications that are GPS based. So if you drove by something that had way around, you would get a notification, oh, sweet. you know, Hey, did you know this, you know, this hotel? Right. Yeah. It's, it's coming soon. So I can't give you a, a timeline, but Let's it's, get Michael um, on that. He's and chomping a, at the bit. So that'll yeah. be a great feature. And do you have a uh, kind of an idea of pricing structures that you go in and you bid to put them into a facility or do you sell the tags and it, can the property install it themselves and set that up or is it a full package deal or, or, or there's just several menu, menu options? Yeah, somewhat all of the above. Um, there's the cost of the signs, which is really a one-time cost to get those signs up and then the software. Um, we right now we're writing all of the information for our pilot sites. Um, and part of that is our development to make it easier to create a DIY version for people that would want to create the information themselves. But right now we're doing all of that just to make sure it's, you know, very consistent, very standard. And really it depends on the size of the space. You know, if we're talking like, you know, a Starbucks location that's going to have, you know, maybe just a few signs that's going to be, you know, pretty small. If it's a school for the blind or, you know, the Microsoft, you know, complex, that's going to be a different um, price point. Yeah, much bigger. Yeah. And what about yeah. the tamper proofness of them? Uh, you know, people are into graffiti and, and modifying what people put there. So is there tamper proof or just something that's going to have to continue to be maintained? So in terms of tampering, you know, the, the ones that we're installing in public spaces, they look exactly like an ADA sign and the technology, it's just an antenna. So it's actually embedded in the sign. So you're, you know, if you could, you could pull an ADA sign off of the wall, but people typically don't do that. It would be difficult to damage them. And the technology, it's not like a beacon where you have to replace a battery, you know, every so often. It's just, it's an antenna and all the power comes from your cell phone. So the tags last for years and years and years. In the latest version of the Seeing AI app, if you own Helion Health Products, all of their products are now able to be scanned and you can get very detailed information from the Seeing AI app 
on all of those health products in the US. So that's a, that's a really big thing. And I just wanted to make sure to call that out here today. So uh, with Way Around, our whole premise is to give you that information before you are ever there. It's not just about scanning a tag at a door. Uh, it's once you scan a tag anywhere, in fact, you don't even have to scan a tag. Uh, we can make a link to that system uh, available on a website or uh, just anywhere. And once you get that information, you can maneuver the entire building and get very detailed information. Uh, the only reason you really need to ever scan one of those tags at the door is just to confirm that you're at the right location. I, this is the first time I've heard about way around. Um, is there uh, a, a couple of questions? Is there a charge for the app? No, the app is free. Where do you get labels to do things for your own labeling to use with it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you can order them from wayaround.com. That's our website. And then we have a bunch of different distributors. AT Guys is one of our big distributors. Thank you. All right. We have announcements. I want to thank my panel and thank Reggie for chiming in there. It was thank great you. information. We covered a lot, you guys. Thank you very much.